Uh, now we're in business. Hello. How are you doing? You good? Great, thanks. All right. How are you so doing? Got Sarah in the studio today. Yep. Um, got to bring us up to speed on, on what you've been up to, what's been going on in your world. It's been probably about three weeks now, huh? Yep. So and I'm. Now, uh, now that you're our, our roving. Roving uh, minstroller. Minstrel no, I don't sing. What, what can I be? What something. Be? Yeah. Roving philosopher. Roving, roving something. Something. <laughs> Um, yeah, things are good. I'm, uh, I'm busy in the creation stage of this new project I'm working on and, uh, it's called messy luminous being. So it's about, um, how we take spiritual wisdom and meditation stuff into real life rather than making it seem like it has, life has to be perfect in order to practice. So it's going cool. And, um, yeah, I'm sort of, I've moved on from what I found a very difficult stage of, see, cause I'm not a visionary. You know how you take those tests and you're like, you know, what stage of the, the thing do you like? Are you an ideas person? Are you the implementer? I don't know what they all are. There's a completer finisher person. I'm not great on that, but I'm not too bad, but it's funny because like, I think I've said this before. I really, although I like a certain kind of idea aiding, when I don't really have a grasp on what I'm doing, I find that quite annoying. I'm right. much better once I'm like, okay, this is actually what I'm about and this is what I want to do. And now my ideas are all around like how to do it. Okay. So, yeah, I'm in a much better sort of... So once you've got a clear vision of where you want to go, you're better than when you have the fuzzy vision. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah. Cool. Sarah's happier now. You're happier now. <laughs> you got a launch date. Uh, yeah, late August, early September. Okay. Very so, good. I'm going to go... We're and going is that going to be YouTube, podcast? Um, podcast and groups like community Facebook on probably Facebook and Patreon and stuff that I'll uh, announce to everybody. Okay, so cool. So but it'll be cool, but um, yeah, we're going away in the camper van for the summer with the boys for a couple of weeks. So I'm gonna nice. Are not you going launch and then and then disappear. Stationary camping. As in, you're going to find a place and you're going to be no, there No, I think weeks. we're going to move around. So you're going to yeah, be nomads. Go, for that's right. We've got a little, you know, VW camper. So, yeah. we'll, uh, so you'll go from couple, different... Yeah, and exactly. is it just in the UK you go? Or are you we're going, going to France. going to go to France, but just to France, not doing around Just to France. Right. So the boys' first experience of foreign language was about a month and a half ago. And I um, impressed them with my terrible French. You know, your, your language doesn't have to be that good to impress kids who, you know, yeah. are English speakers. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be good for them, you know. Hmm. So It's good to, um, you know. Those kind of life experiences are, you know, good. And we're so close. To, I mean, we live here in Europe, whereas oh, a lot of our compadres in the States don't actually come yeah, to Europe. Yeah, it takes a long, so. a long way to go somewhere. But then, of course, yeah. you have, you know... We have a big country to get around in, but at the same token, yeah. not everybody necessarily gets a, gets an opportunity to come to Europe and explore. So it's one of those things that definitely take advantage of. Yeah. I just remember when I was stationed in Germany, I'm a soldiers who didn't like leaving the base and it's like you're here oh you're in gosh, Germany it's right. like you gotta get out man come right, on right um, are you kidding me really um so yeah so it's it's yeah but yeah so good it's good that you're getting yeah. out and 
How um, are you doing? Yeah, very you, good. You've had a lot of chat about the cat bites. We can yeah, move yeah. So on we beyond can move that. On from that. We can, but um, how's how's morning clay time treated you lately? Yeah, so I, I just posted today on Twitter, I think it was, or in the like, Facebook page, uh, just kind of been in a gestation period, not knowingly going into one, but kind of been there. And it probably was from the hospital. I couldn't do anything. They didn't have any... I mean, I could watch YouTube and There's stuff like that. There's nothing like big, being bored and going through the boredom to get some good ideas, I think. Yeah, but, you know, I don't think I was ever necessarily bored as... But, you know, I'm active, so that was hard sitting yeah. still. But the fact of just lying there... Without, you know, we talk about time and you're being busy. Like, I didn't have nothing to make me have to be busy. I didn't have an appointment to go anywhere. I have to do this. I didn't have to, I didn't have to be anywhere. So yeah. I didn't have to think about time in that sense. And so I could end. I didn't have to feel guilty. And we're going to probably talk a little bit about feeling guilty when we get into today's topic and the four agreements. I didn't have to feel guilty about laying on my back. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, I can watch a video. I can. Lay. I didn't have to feel yeah. guilty that I was wasting time in quotation marks because yep. I had nowhere to be or couldn't go anywhere, even if I wanted to go anywhere. So um, I think that kind of put me in that cocoon state. And I didn't realize I was in the cocoon state. Um, so when I came out, I've kind of still been in it. Right. Um, and it's been it's been kind of hard to re-engage. I think I wrote about this last Sunday about um, as Monday was approaching this Monday and I was going to be going back into to work and I was like I didn't want to jump back into old habits of being, old habits of thinking. I didn't want to jump back into my routine yeah. of life. Um, so I likened it to um, that you know, I was on the riverbank and just watched chilling out watching the flow of the river but now the big powerful motorboats just pulled up and the dude's like get on and I just didn't want to get on the boat I was like ah can I just hang out here on the riverbank for a little while longer it's funny because I think anytime you have these transitions and how life is going even if the transition feels like it should be positive like from a busy working week to like a holiday vacation Mm. week um, I think you know we've all experienced that there's a big you know, time of transition where you have to kind of move out of the old kind of whatever old is, whatever you were in before. And I see, I've seen that with the killed kids this week. Mm. So they were in school up until last week. Um, and then, you know, you think, oh, yeah, summer vacation, you know, they should immediately be happy. But actually, it, it has definitely taken them a good almost week to just get into the routine get into of, a new rhythm yeah and you yeah. know oh yeah I can choose what I want to do and I can you know manage my own time and you I know that kind that of stuff is hard it like and it's like the opposite for you in that sense it was, isn't it definitely it was like I didn't want to go back to yeah. the routine and it was like you know we always talk about being able to stop time and it was almost like I was able to push pause and now I was standing there with the, ready to re- you know unpause but then it's like do I want to unpause or do I want to just start a whole new game? Right. As in just not either. Don't hit. I can do unpause, reset, or start a whole totally new game. It was that kind of, yeah. sort of period. So, but I feel like I've just come out just literally probably um, yesterday-ish. Came out and almost fully today. And the reason why I know that I've come out is that. I was finding it hard to sit still to read because I got all these ideas in my head. And it's like, okay. I want to read, 
But I got all this stuff I got to get out of my head. So, but it was all right. these things, ideas, wanted to get out of my skull. And I was having a hard time sitting still to actually read. I managed a couple of sentences, and then the, the next thing was like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Yeah, yeah. So filling up the notebook with all my things, my thoughts, yeah. <laughs> ideas. So yeah, so... Um, it's good to pay attention to these sort of rhythms that we have in our lives or like, you know, different mental or energetic states that we have that are like, you know, no, n- not necessarily better or worse than each other, but, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of moving in and out of them. And it's interesting that um, we don't do more to force ourselves in the paused push the pause button yeah something happens that generally knocks us into the pause space you know i didn't have a choice but to pause yeah um so that's an interesting thing that i'll probably need to explore you know how how do we create what you just said though is really interesting about how when you were in the hospital like it was like someone forced you to pause yeah so it takes away the guilt whereas if you pause yourself intentionally as part of the the sort of negative thing that we experience is that you still have that kind of guilt aspect. I I should be doing something. Because, well, we build up a culture of productivity and that you need to be productive. Otherwise, you're being lazy. This is the thing. It's been Mm. such a gift. And I know by the time the kids are ready to go back to school, I'll be like, all right, go. But for this first week, it's always a great week because... It, it, it's the same thing. It forces me to stop working because I, like, mm. I have two choices with the kids. Either I can try to continue to work and get really annoyed at them for not, for not leaving me alone at various points when I'm trying to focus or yeah. I can just like give in to this is how it is now mm. and be with them and do stuff with them. Take a vacation. That's right. And so... Um, you know, I'm very glad to be here today because I need a little adult time oh, <laughs> on a Thursday adult. after the after the full week. But at the same time, I think for me, it has been that forced pause as well this week where mm. you sort of can't do anything. And so the guilt aspect isn't there as much. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think it's that. But then why it, do we have the guilt? It's ridiculous. Let's get into yeah, the four well, agreements. Say, well, Maybe we, get we into, know. Because that's, that's part of the, you know, one of these ideas with the, in the four agreements and the guilt will just come from the story, from the dream that yeah. you're having. And here's the rule, the book of laws, he calls it in here. And in this book of law, are all these beliefs and this belief that you need to be productive. If you're not being productive, mm-hmm. idle minds, the devil's workshop, that kind of thing. So yeah. not being productive. Um, then what are you doing with your time and you're wasting time and time is short why would you want to waste time and we don't have a lot you know it's those all those things you know don't waste time because life is very short I mean that seems a very positive thing to say isn't it it's like don't waste time because you don't have a lot of it but actually but actually what is wasted time isn't it so is sitting relaxing and feeding your mind via fiction or movies or games or whatever you want to do and if you're enjoying yourself, is that really wasting time? Or is that actually enjoying the time that you have? But we yeah. have that mixed message of you have to be productive. And then if you're productive, then you'll be successful. Then you'll be successful. Then, you know, you can have everything you want in life. Um, and then you can then chill you can out relax. And, yeah. <laughs> and play games. So That's right. um, four agreements, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. So this book, definitely, the universe is telling me to read it, although it's kind of interesting. Was but it your first reader? This is my first read. Oh, is it? Okay. So it's weird, because it's one of those books, you know, you have these books that you yeah. see all the time, and you're oh, like, yeah. I'm going to eventually read that book, but now is not the right time. 
And so, um, yeah, it's got a nice cover, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, it's cool. So it's really pretty. Um, and so someone mentioned it to me a couple of weeks ago, and then, again, it sort of came up. Someone else mentioned it. I was like, all right, universe, you only have to say it twice. Yeah. Like, it's cool. I got it. I'm going to read it. So, um, yeah. yeah. So no, that, that, that's, that's why I sort of have gotten to this. The universe spoke, and I was like, yes, sir. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, no, it's, yes, been, ma'am. A, it's been on my... In my shelf, and I think it's probably on my sort of third iteration of reading it. It's a, it's a good, I mean, I think one, the four agreements themselves are very good concepts to, they're very simple concepts to grasp. Yeah. Um, but, every, you know, again, simple and execution don't always, execution isn't always simple. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if you master those four agreements, I think you can did see you, some transformation. Did anything yeah. strike you on this third read? Um, nothing. Nothing new. Nothing, nothing new, but okay. again, just a confirmation of, of a similar kind of theme, context. We talk about the dream, and then we have this collective dream that we do. And so he's quite big in the very beginning, which I think is a powerful start. That yeah, we're, it that is we're a dreaming, very powerful start. And that you're always dreaming. That's what the mind is. It's a dreaming machine. So you're dreaming when you're sleeping, and you have more freedom inside of your sleep dream. But even when you're awake, you're dreaming. Yeah, exactly. It's like basically you are born and through the process of like socializing as you start to grow up your parents basically and the people around you teach you how to interpret reality and teaching is probably too soft of a word because he uses not teaching but domestication right and he says that we domesticate our children the same way we domesticate our animals right punishment and reward so if you do good good boy good girl you get mom dad's love you don't, you don't do the thing that I said, bad girl, bad boy, and I'm going to withdraw my love for you. So he says we domesticate. Say train, train, yeah, train, yeah, yeah. So we domesticate them. Yeah. Um, and then and the, and he uh, says we yeah. get really good. At, so you get so good at being domesticated and, be, and buy into this, this dream and agree into the dream that soon you don't need someone to be the enforcer. You become your own self-enforcer totally. and reinforcing um, your dom- domestication with your guilt for not yeah. being productive or giving myself rewards yeah. for doing what you do it yourself was in exactly. the book of laws <laughs> yeah. that are there. So I yeah. think that whole idea about that you're always dreaming and be- and waking up to the fact or being conscious of the fact that it's a dream and it's a dream that you didn't get a chance to you didn't choose. Get to choose. Yeah, it was kind of. You know, you get socialized and, mm-hmm. and culturalized into the dream. Yeah, well, you, didn't, the you didn't consciously make up the book of laws in your, you know... Not to start with, yes. Yeah. So yeah. Not to start with, they're, you know, they're kind of given to you and you kind of mm-hmm. start collecting more yeah. and more of these laws and eventually you start creating your own, but, you know, yeah, yeah, you buy yeah. into that sort of um, dream I feel state. like I need to say, since we're doing the radio, that I'm not actually looking at my phone. I'm reading... No, that's okay. Quotes. I mean, I think it's the 21st uh, century. If you look at all well, the newscasters, know, know, they all have their iPads when they're on the See, I could do this when news. it was just audio and no one would know. Yeah, but no, um, no, you, I, I don't have the... Pa- see, you have the beautiful paperback. You watch and them I, I look like I'm about to Facebook you, somebody. I look, like <laughs> the, I look like the dinosaur with a book and you're all tech and I'm supposed to be the that's tech That's really dude. the reverse, isn't uh, it? Yeah. But we all know that. There's um, a really good quote here. It says, um, this is why I love audio, but... Or, um, Ebooks, because mm. all my notes are just literally in a mm. line. All right. The whole, so this is the explanation. Your whole mind is a fog which the Toltecs 
Because this is all from like a sort of Mexico area ancient wisdom yeah. tradition um, called Mitote. Your mind is a dream where thousands of people talk at the same time and no one understands each other. And I liked that because it's like what he's saying, isn't it? it? Like, I wish that he had spent more time with this actually because he went straight into the four agreements. And I, I feel like I needed a lot more on an exploration of all the different agreements that we have in this like quote unquote book of laws, you know, and like how can we excavate our own book of laws and stuff. And I suppose that's what coaching is in a way for you. I'm well, um, working with people depending on like what yeah. what aspect of life you're talking about. I think for him what he was trying to make you aware of is that you have this dream and there is this book of laws, but this book of laws is part of the illusion of the Right, dream. exactly. Yeah. But what but what what's interesting here, so he so basically he's saying um that all of the so you have all these different agreements hmm. that you have been taught or who you have been told domesticated domesticated into and um but our problem too is not only that we're inhibited by the by all these different agreements but the even the agreements that we hold in this book of law don't necessarily work no, together it could be contradictory exactly ones. Yeah. and so we are constantly like in this situation and like it's interesting because I think about myself and what you know one of my words this year is boundaries mm. so you know I've been working with the universe <laughs> which has been sending me lots of opportunities to uh, practice creating different kinds of boundaries but you know if I think about it in terms of the agreement stuff it's like I have certain agreements that are like you know in order like if you're a good person then you you know I don't know. I, ha I suppose I need to think about it in these terms because mm. I, I haven't really put it into these words. But it's like good people, you know, help others. It's beliefs. And, and he does use exactly. the term beliefs, isn't yeah. it? The, the, the agreements. So basically he's saying yeah. you make the beliefs, but you have to, in order for the belief to hold any power over you, you have to agree to the belief. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. So right. You, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... But then, you know, you have, and you have this other belief or, you know, a, that you've agreed to sort of subconsciously as you've grown up um, that, you know, to only think about yourself is selfish hmm. and bad. And then, you, but then, you know, that's what creates problems when you try and create healthy boundaries for yourself and other people. And that's why you get situations in which people are overextending themselves and giving all the time. But then they have also this other agreement that's, that they're trying to also hold that's like, self-care is important you know so you have these like conflicting agreements i mean this is the only thing that's coming to my mind at yeah, the yeah, moment no. but i, think but I really liked all that yeah. like you know so when he says your mind is like a dream where thousands of people are talking to each other and no one understands each other it's like all these different agreements are like in your subconscious chatting back and forth to each other like if you, if you say yes you're a good person but if you say yes you're not taking care of yourself but if you say no then you're a bad person and you know, all this chattery stuff yeah. is going on in your mind, and that's Plus why it can feel quite confusing about what to do. In. I think the whole fa loads of voices says, even though you've been socialized how you've been socialized, there's still a constant conversation that's going on. Internet, good, bad, this. And so there's, you know, the different politics. Now all these, so there's, and, the know, conversation yeah, never totally. stops. There's always this noise. Somewhere in there is the beliefs that you hold about yourself, and you're mm -hmm. constantly um, 
judging, he uses that word, so constantly judging situations. Yeah. Do they fit within the book of my book of laws that I have? Does it violate them? Um, now I need to weigh up this law that I have in the book against what this person is saying yeah. is the new law. So there's that constant conversation of a thousand different voices coming and you turn on the news and... And this know, is why like, we're quite mm. unclear, you mm. know, so that... It's quite easy to become lost. Yeah. But I think part of his point is you can become unlost very quickly when you realize that that's just all a part of the collective dream and it's nothing more than a dream. Yeah. Because he tells a story about um, the smoke mirror the smoking smoking right. mirror right yes yes um and the and a lot of these wisdom traditions that it is in it so there's some some dude was in some cave <laughs> and he fell asleep and he had this dream and the universe spoke to him and he had this realization it's usually a man as well i'll just put that in there yeah yeah <laughs> in there, these stories oh, there are there, a lot of the ones that we kind of bring to the forefront maybe one of your tasks yeah. is to go and because there's loads yeah, of female yeah. ones as well um, so maybe someone take that on yeah, and yeah. uncover some of those. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so he realized that we were all God and we're all light. Right. Um, and that this, everything else. He says the most beautiful thing. He said he looked up at the stars, this, this person in yeah. this story, this isn't the guy who wrote yeah, the book, yeah. and, and realized that it wasn't the star that made the light. It was the light that made the star. Yes. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. It, so, yeah, so same pattern. So he couldn't hang on to this realization, or he was trying to, but he could feel it slip in. Mm-hmm. But he, he has the awareness now that he does come back into the dream and they're here, but he knows that, that, um, that we're light. And somewhere along the line here, this ancient wisdom gets buried because men were using it badly. And so the ancients, what they normally do, they go and they hide it. But now it's because this comes out because someone's, found this ancient wisdom you know what's amazing <laughs> too this is like this is like the basis of my novels it, yeah. you know well, like a, the ancient the ancient yeah. you know stuff that's, that's hidden a, away it's, a, it's, it's such a, a powerful current, trope isn't it it's a very um, common mythology isn't it yeah. you know, they go and they have it so yeah so um, Don Miguel is a part of he's an Agual um, which is this lineages of the folks that practice this Toltec yeah. Um, wisdom. And so he, he has a lineage that he, he goes to. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway. So, um, so shall first, we get into yeah, the, the agreements? Yeah. Yeah. The, so yeah. The whole sort of first, um, what, 30 some odd pages. So, I suppose if, if yeah, like, so first, to sum up the... first 20 some odd pages, the first 24 pages is all about the dream and the beliefs and the book and the laws and the domestication. So basically setting it up to say, here's all the things that you bought into. Right. But what you don't realize is that actually you're looking at the smoky mirror. You're not seeing you. Because there's so much smoke, this fog, you're not able to see who you really are. Yeah. And so now it's about clearing that fog away so you can realize who you really are. Yeah. And then your life becomes amazing and much more fulfilled. And, and do you feel like these happens. agreements are him saying you only need four agreements? Or these are the agreements that are going to help, these four agreements are going to help you clear the path of all the others that you don't need? I think he's saying that these are the four agreements that to agree to. And that with just yeah. having these four, that's all that you need. And the other ones, you can realize that they're just part of the dream right okay. so even with this very first one it says if you do if you master or or t- any of them if you don't do any of the other three do this one 
Um, and the first agreement is to be impeccable with your word. Yep. So, and his priority one, this is the most important one. And if you do nothing else, then follow this one. Yep. Um, and it's because all the agreements and things are all based off of words and how the power of words and words are magic. And that we cast all these spells all day long. We're casting spells. So people, um, you know, we talk about, we think of myth being you know, a mythology, but actually magic is not just myth, but because we're constantly casting spells um, with our words. And we, you know, we hurt people with our words. We lift people up with our words. We do all sorts of things just through our words. And you were mentioning, I don't remember if you were mentioning that on tape or not, we were talking about, um, like, like we were were talking about the astronauts and then the the guy that was a Canadian astronaut. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I went to the Space sc- Center. Yeah. We were talking about this before we started. And, yeah, I went to the Space Center. So I'm, yeah. like, back in my but space it was, it, And what you reminded me of there is that because you were saying that, you know, he was afraid of the dark and then he had this, you know, so he basically he had a dream that he wanted to eventually become this. Excuse me. <coughs> yeah, so he... So he was the the book is actually a children's book and it's right. about him as a child being afraid of the dark hmm. but he also was like in his box blasting off into space and then he was in you know he was a child when they first walked on the moon so then that was his moment of like reassessing what darkness means and aspiring to yeah. be an astronaut that's right. right and the reason why I wanted to you to retell that story is because um, it relates to the whole word thing if I think about when I was really young and I had an aspiration like that which was to be and I talked about this on last week's podcast actually to be a microbiologist now who what kid draws amoebas you know instead of rock stars and musicians I have amoebas and all that sort of stuff on my wall but then someone who I won't name and then they have no idea the power of their words all they said it was one sentence and the sentence is still with me was oh there's no money in, in doing that and because I was respect this person and they were pretty much saying that I was wasting my time pursuing being a microbiologist then I've and that's all that I ever wanted to do be loved it and just with that simple sentence words you know they just collapsed and destroyed that and then I went off to try and find some other thing to replace this thing that was kind of driving me up until that point um, so he's, you know, so he's saying with the, you know, be impeccable with your words, and how it may sound very simple, it's very powerful, and basically, I mean, if you think about the the Bible and things like that, it's it's about the word, isn't it? In the beginning was the word, and it's the the speaking of that word. If you think about magic, and you're into sort of fantasy as well, it's the myth, it's the word and the will, isn't it? It's like mm. speak the word, have the will, and and that's how magic is actually created. We talked, was yeah, it you? Right. Did we talk about, um, yeah, we talked about the secret a couple of episodes back, didn't we? Yeah, manifestation. Or something? Yeah, yep, so yep. again, that, that's yep. speaking the word, so making it manifest with your word, and then it's the will and the act and the things that follow up. So yep. it's very big on the words, and not just the words that you're saying out loud, but the words that you're saying in your head, because yep. those are just as powerful. I think sometimes yep. in communications, we don't realize you the quality of your communications with a person, but also the qualities of your communications with yourself. Yeah, totally. Um, so that's um, that's what the whole sort of be, in, be impeccable uh, with your I think there's that, that aspect too of um, being, 
because this is where like the action is, you know? Mm. So whenever you're speaking in your head or you're speaking out loud, that's when the stories that you make up and the, the laws and the agreements that you still cling on to gain their power, mm. isn't it? Through that kind of action. And so if you can stop the action, that's the f- really powerful step to stopping the belief. I think you can stop the words. The words yeah. stop the action. I think the words... But the word is the action. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the word is, is bringing that belief to life. Right. So you if see you're what saying, I mean? Yeah. So by conjuring the word, yeah. the word puts in motion the behaviors that support yeah. the word. So yeah. So if you hold yeah. a belief that, you know, I'm no good at X. Do you know what's so funny? Mm. I can give a really like ridiculous example of this. Yeah. So I have nail polish on. You're going to love this example because it's really girly. Um, but in my family, I have this hysterical conversation with my cousin who's 10 years younger than me, but my, our mothers are super, super close and close in age and close their whole lives. Right. So we sort of grew up in the same kind of world. And, um, Keep hitting your so, elbow on my table. Sorry, <laughs> um, you can put your elbows on a table, but stop no, no, banging I it. No, no, I won't. I won't. I um, won't. So basically, one of the sort of we were talking we said I was with my cousin talking on the phone we we had this hysterical conversation about like the rules in our family okay and you know how you don't even realize they're rules until later on you know and one of them was like we you don't wear nail polish really like you don't have to care about your nails because then like caring about your nails is a bit vain okay or something something and and also there's it's different than your toenails because toenails are fine. Right. But but you, you can have paint to do your toenails, things. But you right. can't paint your fingernails. Exactly. Right. See this, but I, I love this example. Hitting. No, Maybe, no, it's no. not. It's not that. It's that you want hands that you can do stuff with. Ah, gotcha. Do you know what I'm saying? And so especially for women who you know, like it was seen like if you have pretty nails, then it's also this other thing of like you can't do stuff. You know, and okay, it's just one more thing. And someone yeah. else said this to me about like girls' shoes. You know, girls' shoes and boys' shoes are very different when you're little. And the girls' shoes are always really dainty ones that you can't climb trees in, you can't run fast in, and they're pretty. But the boys' shoes are all like, you know, sneakers, and yeah. you know. So it was a bit like that. So I, I can so see where the in good intentions coming from, but you, it, it's sort of this. It's easy to reflect on the on the simple stuff that doesn't matter because you see how it works yeah, yeah. and you can see it a bit easier than you can see the deeply ingrained things. But um, it just makes me laugh because my whole life I've not painted my nails. Yeah. Like, and this has not affected me, but and I'm not what? like scarred. But that's but the thing. Like, but I think that's that's those are always the great examples to show the power of yeah, the that's words. Right. right. That's right. Because it's hysterical. That's such a simple totally. thing. But you see that how it's affected your whole of your life all the time. Um, yeah, and it just sit, it just sits there, and it's like if you do it, doing your nails, kind of a waste of time. And I was like, is it? Maybe it's relaxing. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure I'll ever get like that into it. But um, if you think of how powerful you know. that simple one was, think how this is why it's so hard for the deeper ones. I mean, that's a oh, I know, simple exactly. one, and, exactly, you, exactly. and it has that kind but, of power over you. But what's funny too is yeah. that I also see that a lot of these rules, their intention, so, so it's also like when we think about our own words, right? And we think about like what we say and what we're trying to communicate are often two different things. Hmm. And I'm really working with my kids to do this because already they've picked up a very, um, 
indirect way of saying things sometimes. Yeah. Like, Shall I read they, out the, I'll read out the whole of the yeah, word because yeah. that's part of it. That's part of saying what you mean, isn't it? So right. um, being impeccable with your words or speak with integrity, mm-hmm. say only what you mean, avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others and use the power of your words in the direction of truth and love. So, right. yeah, so say what you mean. Yes, you're right because so, so you, many often we don't do that, do we? We don't yeah. actually say what we really mean what i feel like my mother's side so my mother's side of the family who has this rule Mm. they're very like strong women and very um intent on raising girls who do not take their value from their looks you know that feel internally valuable and this is a huge thing with with girls isn't it it's like you're so pretty and You know, all of that is reinforced in culture with makeup and fashion and whatever. And I think this was one of those rules to kind of fight against that. And it did. So it did give a message of like, don't focus on your appearance, focus on your mind, focus on your, you know, your actions, like, you know, do things, be creative. Like, so it was all really great. Mm. So I think if I was going to choose one message over the other, I would choose that message rather than like worrying about my nails but you know it's interesting how how complex families are and and also when you get to be an adult i think and i really like that aspect of this book too he's very much like don't blame like don't blame your parents they just did the best that they could and i think you you know for any human that's right and And I think, you know, and there's a certain amount of responsibility we also have to take on ourselves of how we interpreted other people's words and that we agreed to that Mm. thing. Like people said something and we heard a certain thing and we took a certain thing from it. And it's not even necessarily what they meant, but we then had our own Mm. like. Yeah, I think in the beginning you don't have much choice because your parents, what they say that becomes right but i think yeah, as you get older yeah. you know you we older, have to take start. responsibility for the fact yeah. that we need to start being conscious and intentional I think about we have to take the journey to do it isn't it because yeah. he says in here he was talking about you know in the beginning you don't have any choice really with the as a kid yeah as a baby you're getting what you're getting but he says there's a point where you get some realization you start saying no and you start rebelling against what authority figures yeah. are saying to you but then again, at the same time, it becomes when do you when do you take the journey inwards? And I think this is always a, a good drill. And we may have talked about this on a podcast in the past. Where I think it's a, a good exercise to trace all your beliefs back to their origin. Yeah. And then make a conscious decision. Do you want to? Does that belief still serve you, or does it not serve you? And does then, it make sense too? Does sometimes. it make sense, or does it serve yeah. you? And, and do you want? Is it, or even better yet, is it still useful for you? If it's still yeah. useful, then keep it. But the the jerk the the task is to trace it all the way back to its origin yeah. and see where it, it came from. Yeah. And then, if it's still useful to you, keep it. If it's not, then disregard it. And yeah. I think that's a useful exercise for um, anybody to do. Um, but then again, as you say, some of them, because we don't have a... And maybe this is what the four agreements and the whole sort of dream thing, some people's identity is so tied up in their beliefs, part of the fear, and this is the opposite of you know, the dream, while we, how the domestication part comes and how it stays is through the fear it's through guilt, it's through shame. Yeah. And those are very powerful forces in themselves. So sometimes if you know the belief, 
you know that it's not serving you anymore, but what you can't see is what happens. Who am I when I don't have this belief anymore? So my identity may be shattered. And so I hang on out of fear because I don't know who I am Mm -hmm. without this belief. So I can't just get rid of the belief because then I don't know who I am. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we fear that. Um, And so part of the four agreements is that's what the smoke and mirror is, is that we forget who we are and all these beliefs and agreements and things like that are just smoke. But we believe the smoke and the smoke becomes real or reality when in essence it's just an illusion and you're not able to see who you really are which can be a frightful thing because i don't know what's i don't was i don't know what's behind the smoky mirror (laughs) what am i going to see who am i going to be how do i know what to do if you take that belief away from me so and that's so while it seems like a simple thing it 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 can be a very difficult thing because you don't know who to be if i don't have that at least I hold it on to the belief, however negative it might be, at least I know who I am yep. within that, you know. Um, second agreement, should we do? Yep, so second agreement is uh, don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you, and what others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Um and I like that one, but again, that's because we're herd animals. I think that's another hard one. So don't take anything personally, but we're always wanting approval of our peers. We want approval of our yeah. family. We want approval of our colleagues, our bosses, yeah. um, and you want to fit in and all of well, that. This is, this is definitely one that I feel like has helped me. I mean, I say this one. I mean, I've just come across it, but the, the, the basic idea about this is super helpful for creating boundaries. So yeah. for me this year, thinking about this kind of stuff, letting other people be responsible for themselves as long as you know that you are acting with integrity, then you know you can let go of how someone else decides they're going to react to you because it's really not about you. Mm. You know, and I think I think there's it, it's funny because we think of again like we think that when we're constantly worrying about what other people are going to, how they're going to react if we say this thing that we, that we feel is true that we need to say or whatever, you know, that has to be inner work you do to decide whether you need to say it or, or do whatever it is. But I think that um, you, think, you think you're being kind, but actually it's, it can be, if, if you interrogate it, it can be a quite a controlling thing and quite a self-serving thing like you want to control others reactions do you see what i mean yeah, it's, it's and it's, it's, it's about giving people the power back and trusting mm. them that they are going to have the reaction that they need to have and that they're on their own journey and how they react is is their deal yeah. and but the control that, is probably less about controlling them but about you being able to maintain control mm-hmm. so if i give control over to them then in essence, I've lost control and I don't know yeah. what I'm going to get back. And then yeah. I'm out of control and now I don't have control of the totally. situation. So, totally. again, I think you, every, the, it points right back at totally, you, isn't completely. it? Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, and it's like, and sometimes you do make the conscious decision to say, well, actually, you know, and this is where you could say, you know, are you being manipulative or whatever, but it is about how, like, so if I want to influence the situation... Um, and I don't want to say that thing because I want to go here, but I know if I say this thing, then it opens that up, and now I'm 
on this train, so easier to say another thing and go around. But going back to the first agreement, you again, you create so many um, conflicts by not saying what it is that you yeah. really mean. I mean, I see this all the time in the sort of corporate space. We never, because of, everyone wants to be a team player. You want to be seen as someone that's agreeable, that gets along, that's easy to work with um, and helpful and all those great words um, there. So I don't, people don't say what they mean, but then people make decisions off of what you have said um, and you know that that's not what you wanted, but but because of how you said it, then it has a whole chain of reactions otherwise. And then you're constantly trying to figure out and play chess in terms of how do I maneuver to get this thing going back to where I need to. Well, now, actually, if you just said it so that you can, the other person knows exactly what's on your head, and then they can, then you guys can, if we don't get it out on the table, we can't deal with it. So if, if you just... And oftentimes we think the consequence of saying it is way worse than it actually is. When yeah, we say it, it's yeah. like it's actually mostly But it's fine. the fear thing again. It's like, I yeah. don't know, I don't, it's the unknown. I don't, if I say this thing just like what's in my head... Don't know how the head, people are going to react. Don't know how they're going to react. Is it worth the aggravation? Sometimes you think, is it worth the aggravation? Yeah. Um, it, maybe it's easier to let them just go on believing what they want to believe. And yeah. I'll just lead them to their own devices, yeah. um, and then I'll, I'll find a way to steer around that, and I'll, I will only confront it when it starts to really hinder what I'm trying to do, or what my achievement is, or what is hindering my productivity at work, or whatever. Then yeah. my back's up against the wall, and I can't do anything about it. But then it becomes really, really explosive because you're now super, super frustrated that you're in this space. This person had no idea. Now it's out. Now you're getting their reaction. Now it's like ah, so it just becomes this thing. Big that drama, yeah. Probably could have be could have been headed off if we just all got out of the table. Because once it's on the table, you can deal with it. Mm-hmm. But it's having the confidence that you can deal with it, and yeah. how, whatever way it's going to go, that you can deal with it. And one of my little beliefs that helps me is that um, I know what to do when I don't know what to do. So I'm okay right. with throwing it out on the table because you know, all right, well. I'm never going to know until we yeah. go there, right? But then you could, there's always another saying for another saying, isn't it? And I said, the only people who know where the edge is is the people that are falling off, right? So, right. yeah, it's like, yeah, okay, I don't won't know until I put it on the table, but that might be the end of me there. But, right, yeah. yeah, so it's, um, I think it's, a, it's, and I admire people who, and I don't know if we talked about this. I've been having so many conversations, I don't know who the heck I talk to, but I know I've had this conversation recently again, which is I admire the people who don't even have that switch turned on. Mm-hmm. They're oblivious to what people think. Not, they're not doing it consciously. They're not saying, well, I don't mind what people yeah, think. I think that different up. people have different levels of sensitivity, yeah, don't they? But about the switch is off, mm-hmm. and they don't have that switch. But then I wonder, I think that is true, and I also think everybody's got vulnerabilities. So I think at some point you hit well, a different button do. or in a certain situation. Because I don't know, because I don't have the button. And this is, here's, here's the tricky bit because it's never easy. Because I don't have the button, the button, and I know it's almost going to sound contradictory. One of the things that, because I don't have the button, they don't know how they're maybe hurting people well, this is, as this well. Is, so they, they don't have that yeah. awareness. Yeah. And then you think, well, should you be, like you just said, should I be kind? Should I have empathy? Yeah. Um, but because they don't have the switch, they don't have the conversation, so I don't deal with 
any hurt that I might have caused as yeah. well as any good I might have done for myself this I don't do with the other bit. This whole text reminds me so much of some of the stuff in um, the Buddhist tradition that I've studied mm. in, so which is called Lojong. So they have these like pithy little sayings, you know, and, and they're, they're sort of like, you know, be impeccable with your speech and mm. don't take anything personally. These are exactly, you know, one of, one of the ones from my tradition is reverse the way you see it and take everything as if it's a dream. You know, and you have these like little sayings that help you remember the whole teaching. Mm. But these, you know, and the same for this, this book, everything in here is actually coming from an oral lineage of teaching, yeah. you know? And mm. so what happens is when, when you are trying to translate that into a book, number one, you don't know who you're speaking to. And in the teacher, you know, in a teacher scenario, you have a dialogue, the teacher knows you and they know how to explain it to you in a way that you're going to understand, you know, so it, you wouldn't necessarily explain the same thing the same way to different people. Yeah. But also, you know, you're trying to explain something that is actually incredibly profound and nuanced. And I think a lot of stuff can get lost in because, you know, it, exactly because we are so muddled up with My only all problem these agreements. With teachers is that I'm now back into the space that someone else is putting more stuff into my head. Maybe. That's, that's my, yeah, that's yeah. my problem that, with that teachers. That is fair enough. Yeah. But I do think that... Um, because and maybe they, you because, don't need one. Because you know, they're maybe. human, aren't they? So they're yeah. going to have heard some stuff from their teacher yeah. who also added a filter onto it. Um, and then so now they've got some stuff that they bring... They brought a bunch of stuff to the table that it gets mixed up with that sits right with them. So then they... Even if it's slightly reinterpret what their teacher says, it becomes the sort of the whispers thing, isn't it? So I've, mm. it had an origin, and then by the time it gets to me, to you, it's gone through all my filters, it's gone through all my things. I think that's true in situations that are not experiential. I think it's, I think it's any time, like even on this podcast, we're given a view. Yeah. And our view is based off of all our teachings, yep. all our different teachers, all our different experience, all the different books yep. that we've read. And we are, and it's gone through all that filters and we're putting this out there. So any yep. teacher does the same totally. thing, isn't it? So yep. even from the fact what you just said there is that I'm making a judgment that you're this kind of person or that kind of person. So I'll give the message to you different. But even, in, even giving you that message slightly different from you to you. So now you both walk away with two different perceptions of the same thing. Right. And then you're going to pass on your different perceptions of that yeah. original thing to someone else. Yeah, yeah. Just no, I, yeah, definitely. I think that, um, yeah, that is true. Mm. Uh, but, but I do think, you know, the, the, the point of, so the point for me would be, I guess, where the Don Miguel Ruiz is getting at is um, understand that, have an awareness. So if I go to a teacher, have an awareness that the teacher's human. The teachers yeah. also picked up stuff from somewhere and his... And everything has to be tested through yeah. your own Exactly. So I'll take yeah. that. And then from an NLP perspective, one of the things I like about NLP, they always talk about, um, again, not being dogmatic about stuff, but so take what's useful yeah. and disregard the stuff that's not that's useful. Right. Bruce Lee was big on that too. He was always like, you know, just take what's useful, yeah. disregard the things that are not useful. So. Yeah. From that teacher, you'll get some stuff. Take yeah. the stuff that's useful, use it. Yeah. The stuff that's not, you know, disregard I th I, it. I think that the, I guess what I'm trying to say here, though, is that, 
When you are trying to distill something so complicated as don't take anything personally, it doesn't have the opposite kind of wisdom of like, what do we do about compassion and what do we, how do we actually relate to others? Mm. So if we just walk around in the world going like, oh, I am on my own. I can make up my own thing and I don't give a, you know, whatever, what anyone else says and stuff. We're sort of also denying another, exactly like you said, sort of aspect of us that is a social creature and that is actually reliant on others in a way yeah. that is really wonderful, you yeah. know, that is based yeah. on love and like, you know, community and, you know, teamwork and all this other great stuff. And it's like, it's telling you one thing, which is true, but the new, the truth is in the nuance. Do you know mm. what I mean? And, and, and what it can sound like, because we've got all these competing agreements and we're not actually able to see and understand things clearly, what we could hear is just, you know, forget everybody and do your own thing. And, you know, and I think that what they're saying with don't take anything personally is different than don't give a whatever about yeah. what anybody else's reaction is because actually you you do need that feedback loop on your behavior and sometimes people are going to come back at you with something and if multiple people are coming back at you maybe it is a little bit about you and you need to then go in and yeah. look to the one that you can really ask which is like is this true in myself yeah. I need to think about that and I think to to expand upon where he was and he does address the nuance of it I think in, in the sense that it's 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 because it goes right back to the beginning to understand that this is part of the dream and you have a societal dream with all these different things in it. Mm. But knowing that that's how the world operates, you're aware of that. And where I guess his cautionary tale is not to take anything personal is when you make it change who you are. So there's right. a point in here in the, in the very beginning chapters where you forget who you are because you have right. started to believe all these yes. different things and yes. taken it on so now I don't actually really know who I am because I've taken in all these different things from all these different people and, and that sort of stuff so for this don't take anything personal I think what he's really getting at is um, it's not it's so don't 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 forget who you are and then change who you try to change who you are based off of the fact that you said yeah. you know Clay I hate those kind of shirts that you wear these really just, wild things yeah. and now yeah, I, yeah. I you know I respect you so now it's like oh Sarah doesn't like these shirts so I I, I shouldn't wear it yeah although inside I really want to wear it because they yeah, really make yeah. me happy but I want to make you happy so now I'm going to change yeah. who I am because I've, I've taken it personally that you don't like my shirt yeah, so yeah. now I modify who I am um, which then makes me less happy because I'm not going to wear my purple shirt. I just think that like this it. is this is one of the ones that really graded up against me in terms of mm. the male female thing. Yeah. Because actually, like when you talk about this, the stereotype of the person, the the person going off into the cave and having the realization and being mm. off on their own and stuff like that, that is actually also a very like masculine sort of trope. And it doesn't mean that women don't do it because I believe that women and men embody both of these energies just like yin yang sort yeah, of thing yeah. but that really um you know it it is missing and i i feel like a woman having had these realizations might have written a different book in the sense that there would have been more effort paid towards okay don't take anything personally but how do we live in community like 
how do we relate to each other? What is this like love look like when you're not taking things personally, but you're also caring about others? Yeah. Like what is the nuance I kind of think there? He does, you know? he does address that when you go into the chapter on it. I think he addresses it a, a little bit, but maybe not in the same way that you I were, needed more. Be, yeah. Maybe I'm just thick. I needed well, more. Well, no, not that. But then if, if you go right, right back to the beginning, that there is no man and no woman. We're all just creatures of of light we're all just light beings and we're the same but True. yes I get where you are <laughs> now let's get to okay, that yeah, third, third, third agreement um, and you know what would be interesting about that what you said that you needed more is you did you need more not because of you're a female but because of some of the agreements that you hold no I think that there's a because um, I don't know what it's like to be a female like you don't know what it's like to be a, a that's man that's right yeah. yeah but I think that we have a lot more it just it's just my reflection sort of more recently and particularly because I'm like creating this new project and stuff like that but um, you know all of these books that we read that have yeah. ancient wisdom they're all written by men hmm. and they're all about this like very masculine sort of hero's journey that women aren't necessarily like so I think the hero's journey and you know we've done stuff on the hero's yeah, journey yeah. it's incredibly helpful to me like totally yeah. not discounting it but I think that there's another journey that we all as human beings need to embrace that's about a journey of t being together like what does the together journey look like what is the the you know relating to others and not just going off and being on your own and being cool being on your own and I, I it's the same kind of thing that he that's talks about like I said, that's an interesting one because I never I never really get that from the hero training that's about going on and being on your own because it's, a, it's a service thing isn't it so the hero's journey is or hero's journey is to in your ordinary world community the point is to go get the elixir to bring back to bring it to, back but the, the whole way the that you yeah. realize that yeah. and go get it is on it on your own and like everybody who is there like the wise man or the wise woman or whatever is there to serve the hero hmm. do you know what i mean and help them on this or the heroine not the heroine right but yeah. i do but i do think that there's an, a different kind of of um, hero's journey that we also need to kind of incorporate into and, and, and again yeah. I think hard, these are like few to, tools to, to I would like to do an episode on that in the sense that yeah there's I, like a, to, I think there's a book I've just come across because so I would we'll like do to understand that. what you mean by I would like to know understand what I mean more too because yeah, actually but, but, what's funny is did you ever um, this is a little bit of a side thing but um, there's a writer called Chimananda Adichie who um, mm. wrote um, Americana was her more famous one but she wrote um, Purple Hibiscus anyway she has this amazing TED talk and it's about growing up in Nigeria and how she all the good literature was all about England you yeah. know and white people and so when she started writing she started writing stories about you know being blonde and eating apples and she was like I don't have apples in Do Nigeria. You, well, just check your phone for me for a sec. Yeah. Because uh, I'm hearing some little... Oh, yeah, fine. ...coming through. Um, yes. You know, and so I think it, it took her a while to realize that actually she could write her own story and to take away some of these agreements that she had about what a good story was and who got to be the hero mm. or heroine of the story. And I think for me, like, if you think about Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, Paolo Coelho, like, all of these... You know, the alchemists, like, these are all boys, men going off. And so it's sort of, these books have been so helpful for me. And I think that I completely relate to them on the, on there's a very human level and there's a sort of masculine 
I don't know if masculine is the right like word, said, but it it's a certain... It doesn't feel like the right word for me, because it almost seems like all, the way I always see them, it's about the balance. It's like when you're out of balance, when your male and female energy are out of balance, is when you have problems. But then I suppose what we would need to do to hmm. test that is to have a bunch of women's stories where you were like, or did you get see, the same thing, yeah. the same relation Which yourself? I, I would hope, because I think the stories that I'm hearing is about balance. Yeah. But what would be interesting to see is how you're out of balance on a feminine side. Maybe that would help me to understand. So I understand balancing the two so out. So I think, I think the thing for me is that women's stories are not about separating out from the tribe and going off. I don't think dudes' ones are either. Because if dudes one, because this is how you... How can you say that? Men's whole ritual no, is to go out and I can like, tell you why. Yeah. Because it's a, we are a herd animal. So the whole of the thing to control you is to make you be a part of the community. That's right. But yeah. traditionally, ritual for hmm. men was about going off. You know, you have like, you know, you go off into the wood, you have the, all of these ceremonies and the, you yeah, know, but the you realizations went out, But you went out are, to the woods, not for yourself, but for the community. But, but everything you, you but did, you, but this is my point. Everything you did yeah. was for the community. But I suppose, I, and I yeah. guess I'm not discounting the community aspect of mm. it, but more about the process. Like the process was about leaving and returning. And and part anyway, of that, no, because yeah. like a good book you maybe maybe read is written by a woman about men. <laughs> yeah. It's the Susan Faldi one. Okay. Because part of I think part of her take on that is the only reason why men have to do that is because in nature we don't have a signal, a true signal, from going from boy to man, mm-hmm. whereas women do. You oh, have your that's period. that's interesting, right. Uh-huh. So that's nature saying you're now a woman, whereas right. the man doesn't have that. So we've had huh. to create a ritual that says, now, once you go through this journey and go off and you come back, now you're a man. Right, right, right. Otherwise, right, right. we don't have that but signal. But then I guess, I guess that's what I mean, is that there's these different experiences and, and women's rites of passage and experience are within the community. I guess, like all I'm saying here, and because mm. we definitely need to have no, a conversation about this, yeah. but I think what I'm saying here is what I wanted was, okay, here's what's not to do. Don't take anything personally, yeah. but what do you do when you have people coming to you? And I guess that's, you know. Maybe that's the follow-on. Maybe that's the yeah. bit how he makes his money with the coaching session. I know, sessions that's right. Or the the fifth, there's a fifth agreement yeah. too, isn't there? Which we well, I, so this is the bit, so this is, and this is maybe clever marketing, isn't it? So I give you this bit, and then it's people like yourself who will say, hmm, that's yeah, great. Did you tell me more. the what? I want to know the how. Okay, yeah, well, great. Right. Come on my yeah. weekend course for 2,000 yeah, pounds, and I'll, t- yeah. <laughs> and I'll do the how. Whereas for me, I read that, and my instinct is to go and find the answer for myself, not right. to get from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, totally. well, that's cool. Let's open that out. But now I've got some loops I need to yep. close mm-hmm. or explore more. So then I'll go and find some other thing on that loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, is a, which is an interesting thing for me. Like, I, it's funny because it's almost contradictory in me because I do sell courses and things like that. But I hate learning that way. I can't stand going on. I don't go on courses. I don't right. like them. Yeah, yeah. Because it's someone standing, saying, yeah. and I'm like... But which, you read. Which, but it's like, where do you get that from? Yeah, but I read so many different things yeah. from different po- different yeah, yeah. points of view on the same subject, so I've, I feel more rounded yeah, yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah. And I also get to, I get the spark of my own question to follow right. versus someone saying, here's a, here's I'm the, the worst thing. kind of student in the classroom because it's like, what? Come on. 
Um, okay, third. You can tell we've not been together for a few weeks because it's uh, there's lots of chat. Let's get on to third, third agreement. Third agreement is don't make assumptions. So find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. So communicate yeah. with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. And again, I think just like the other two agreements, huge, because we make a ton of assumptions. Yeah. I mean, you almost have to, to function. But I think, I think what he's talking about here for me, and this is stuff we've done on podcast whole episodes on this, mm. is like what's the stories that you tell yourself. So don't make up stories is how I, is my own wording for that. Okay, because like, I'm seeing that as in, I, I think that I know you. Right. And I make the assumption that if I say this in this way, kind right. of like you were saying with your teacher. Yes, yes, yes. So I think I know you. So I'm going to put it in this way so as you'll get the message. But I'm assuming some things about you. Right. And I've now changed my message because I think I need to present it to you like this yes. in order for you to be receptive to it. Yes. Instead of having the courage just to say, say what is clearly on my mind. Yes. And then we can deal with that. Instead... Yeah. I think I know you, so I'm going to say it like this. I think I yeah, know you. Yeah, and we do that like all the that. time, yeah. don't we? And, you know, I think on a very basic level, someone does something or doesn't do something that we wish they had done, hmm. and we make up a whole story about why they did that or why they didn't do yeah, that, that, don't we? Yeah, like this, and, and you're like that's that. That's right, and, and this is what's that. happened. I'm putting myself in their shoes and understanding the world from that person's point of view. Yeah. Um, but we never, and again, I see this play itself out all the time in the corporate world in the sense that people make assumptions but I was like well how do you know well yeah. just because well how do you know because of the, they you know, always they, do they, that they, but how do you yeah. know and eventually it's like well I don't know okay well how will we know well the only way to really know is, is to, ask, to the ask the question yeah. I mean until you ask that question all we're doing is just making a, and we're making but the thing is and this is the and this is where this is good tonight which I think it makes life so hard for ourselves is until you actually ask the question, you make decisions off an assumption, yeah. but they're real decisions, and you modify behavior, you do things, you chase after, yeah. but you don't deal with the very thing that you need to deal with, and you'll find yourself right back there because I've not asked a question. I've tried to find a way around it yeah. um, by various different means other yeah. than just you know just saying, but what... What, and we, t you know, we take a lot of hurt from things. Someone will say something. In fact, someone said, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Someone said something to me the other day. And there was that moment where I thought I upset them. And I didn't mean to upset them. And again, it was this thing. So then it was like, do I ignore it? Or do I just say, hey, look, I said that. And you had this reaction. Did I upset you? And then, to go, I mean, that's the proper course of action yeah. Yeah. In, in that way. Instead, I, I had that whole period of time where I'm thinking, and then I'm starting to get all anxious because I think the thing that I said maybe offended them, upset them, um, when the simple way around that is exactly Did that. you ever find out? Um, yeah. And yeah, it wasn't. Okay. It was just, again, I just made an assumption based off of the way the reaction and the reaction looked like it was an offending thing. Um, and yeah. as I was replaying it in my head, they, I just took away the variables that I saw, said that they were upset by what I said. And so then I was just acting off of those right. variables yeah, yeah. Um, without going back until I did go back to have the conversation. Yeah. You know, then it was just affecting my whole 
mental state and yeah, everything yeah. Beca- because of that. Um, There's um, have you read um. Do you know anything about NVC, like nonviolent communication stuff? So there's a, a great little book um, that's really helpful for this kind of stuff. Because again, like we're so, as he says, we're so programmed to communicate in a certain way that it's really hard to, to understand, even if your intention is to speak clearly. Sometimes yeah. our habits of speech get, you know, prevent yeah. us from doing that. And so the NVC whole thing is to try and give the facts like this happened and then say how you felt and you're not allowed to say this made me feel this way you have to say this happened and I felt like this and you have to try and use a feeling word like angry sad because that's what you do when when you're doing um when we talk about giving proper feedback is in that style right okay you could never talk about the person it's always about the behavior how it made you feel Right. And you can't say that either. You have to say, and I felt like this. Oh, yeah. So I felt like. So it's really hard. You know, we have all these like patterns of speech that are really, there's a baseline assumption that someone makes you feel something. Yeah. Um, So you say facts, how you felt in, in, you know, in response to that. And then you say, and the story I tell myself is, so you're really owning your own assumption and interpretation. So, you know, you say, this happened, like, you didn't text me when you said you would, or you were, you're 10 minutes late as you mm. always are. <laughs> See, even I did it there. I felt whatever, sad and yeah. upset. And then you say, the story I tell myself is that you don't respect my time. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, you, and you own that story. And then the person has a chance to respond and then you're really saying like oh you, do you know what I mean then, yeah. then the truth comes out and you're like oh, okay no this is this is my side of this and then you can kind of and here's go. the thing we don't we shortcut those don't we because yeah. that takes that would take forever to have that conversation but you only need to have this kind of conversation when there's an issue but there's always an issue but we make assumptions and we never put them out there and I just have these things in my head if you think about the different yeah. people you run into and the conversations that you actually have in your head that you go and there's always something there yeah. but mostly you just put it to the side oh actually I don't have time to deal with this oh, but if you can <laughs> drop it I think it's not really a problem it's the stuff that sticks with you do you know what I mean that you pr- play over and over in your yeah, head yeah. that winds you up then it's like alright it's time to kind of I might want to confront this if yeah. if the timing's right. If I got enough time to confront it, um, and we do in NLP, there's a um, a thing called the meta model, and in, okay. in a sense, it's 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 similar. what you were saying. It's similar, use different language, but the idea is to run everything back through the filter, right? Okay, you know, because because of all the assumptions and things you made, and you know you don't respect my time is what the statement comes. But now we need to run that back through the filter and right and that sort of thing so yeah yeah so no again okay. interesting we're talking about nuances and things like that yep. so um fourth agreement. and then the fourth agreement is always do your best so your best is going to uh, change from moment to moment it will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick under any circumstances simply do your best and you will avoid self-judgment self-abuse and regret which is probably has a very westernish kind of feel well, to it for me as I'm true. thinking about it when you say oh, always do your best. But I think um, the thing is we and this is me like coming from yoga perspective now mm-hmm. too. It's like that doesn't mean do it perfectly. That's what we hear. When we say do, when we say do our do your best, you mean 
get as close to perfect as you can. But that's not what I hear in that. But that's not yeah, what that's he's not saying. What he's saying yeah. That's right. It's just, just do the best that you can. And, don't, and, what, and what your best is... don't beat is, yourself up. Because it might be different. And I see that whenever yeah. I'm doing bench press, you know. On one day, I can, you know, bench press 400 pounds. Then I can go on another day, and I can't bench that much. And it's like, well, you know, I'm not that much different from Monday. I know it's only Thursday. Um, I have that same problem when I try and bench press 400 yeah, pounds. Yeah, but, you know, totally but there's so many variables. Did I eat yeah. enough? Did I get enough sleep? Did I my mind clear? You know, so, but... Or the other way would be, oh, you weak, you suck, you die, and then you can beat yourself up because you're best. You saw you do it on Monday. Now you're being a wimp and yep. all these other words you might say. Yeah. Um, whereas I guess what he's getting here is that on any given moment, just do the best that you can. Yeah. Um, and one of the other things that along those lines is that, like I'll say to people, is all you can do is what you can do in a day. Yeah. Which is similar to be your best. As in some people beat themselves up because I, I'm not productive. I didn't get this done. I'm not finished. It's not you know. Again, all you can do is what you can do in a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry on. There was a um, great thing. I had a conversation with a friend of mine after yoga class yesterday, and they were saying that sometimes the strongest person in the room is in child's pose. And like for people who don't do yoga, you know, have a lot of strong practices, mm. you know, including downward dog. Most people know what downward dog looks like, where, you're, you know, you're supporting a lot of your weight through your arms and stuff. And especially like for a lot of people, this is, you know, hard work and um, do it long enough. It is hard work. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's always other options, I think, in yoga class. And, and what and I loved that sometimes the easy what looks like physically the easiest posture, if you actually have the strength of character to listen to what your body actually needs in that moment and go into child's pose and just relax, like that's actually your best. Mm. You know, so we sort of have to reframe what best means in terms of it's not always performance to a standard that someone else has set for us about what is good, mm. but about it is, is best listening to what you need. And yeah, because you'll have conversations in your head and you'll know whether you're doing your best or not. And I think that's another thing that is... It's hard at. though, right? Because of all the agreements. And we tell ourselves we're not doing our best. You know, we have to... It, it's yeah. a lot of work. And I think that's, that's where, yeah. although I loved the four agreements, I also felt like... It, and it is a small book. I guess but when I, I say like, like when I'm doing my more. best, I know when I'm not doing my best and I know that I've created based off the other yeah. agreements it's like ah, yeah I got this excuse oh yeah but I didn't yeah, do this right. oh, yeah right and I give myself excuses for not yeah. doing my best because I'm being lazy or whatever so yeah. I don't do it so it's almost to me and this is like you know you know do your do your best whatever that is in that moment mm-hmm. um yeah yeah. So, yeah. So it's it's. Um, there's a lot of self forgiveness in that. Yeah, too, I think there's a lot of this. Yeah, know? I think that's a good word to say. Yeah. There's a lot of self forgiveness. I I know that I've done my best in that. It might not have won the day. I still might have lost. Um, I might not have accomplished everything that I wanted to accomplish, but I did yeah. do. I think my, best. Um, my teacher, my yoga teacher, it uses a phrase to the best of your ability, mm. and I think that's. Maybe it takes it out of that like school, do your best kind of phrasing and just to the best of you your ability what? in I this think moment, about sports do this. Now. I mean, in the, if you had a good sports coach, they were always about do your best, but yeah. not do your best in a way of, you know, perfection. Okay. Um, and, and this is probably a bad 
here's one of my, so I can't stand bullies. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that will just completely destroy my mind is if someone doesn't, like, try. Yeah, right, so right, do right. The best. Yeah, I think yeah. we've had this conversation. Yeah. I just those, don't even care if they fail, but if you don't even give it the effort. And so for me, it's always been from, and maybe that's just from sports, it's like do your, you know, you give the person a hard time who's giving up and not giving, doing their best. Yeah. But you admire the person that's doing their best. That's right. Even if they suck, and <laughs> but often, they are doing yeah, their best. Yeah, that's right. And often it's yeah. like, you know, the most themselves valuable out there, player is yeah, oftentimes the person They're putting themselves out there and they're pushing themselves to wherever limit there is. It might suck compared to everybody else, but they haven't given up and they haven't not given up on themselves and they, they're doing their best. Yeah. And then you have to kind of admire yeah. um, and applaud that, which I think is always a cool thing. And that's all I, yeah. for me, that's all I ever ask of people is to do your best. But if you're making yeah. excuses and wimping out and doing all the other stuff, then that's when I have issues. <laughs> so. I'm going to send my teenage boys yeah. to you. You know, when they reach that stage, you know, there's that Raising Boys book that, that sort of talks about, like, gr- boys growing up in stages and like sort of categories is that like the first seven to eight years the mom is the most important and then it sort of shifts to the dad until Mm. they're about 14 and then it shifts to like other male role models and like mentors kind of thing so we'll send we'll send the boys to you do your best I'm not going to send my we're not in Sparta I'm not sending them to the military at 14 Oh yeah, yeah, you should. Like, I think we should like, do. Send them in, to the my, in my smoke and mirrors world, we're in Sparta. That's in Sparta. Send them, send them to the military. But it's that, or send them to something. And it's back then. I know we could maybe we could do Susan Sopfaldi's book, although it is a really, really thick book. Um, a critical. What's it called? Broken. Oh, okay. Maybe like basically saying men are going through our. Right. Crisis. Like right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. So it's uh, what's our equivalent to feminism. feminism. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, and one of the things that's missing, and that I think happens with kids these days, males, is they don't have the ritual. Right. What yeah, is the yeah, ritual? Yeah, what's the ritual other than mom saying, okay, well, stop acting like that. But I, I haven't had anyone pull me out mm-hmm. and say, you're going on this journey. Mm-hmm. When you come, I mean, people. I guess I have the bar mitzvah if, if you're Jewish, and that's maybe. But these are it, just like so watered down rituals, yeah. though. I mean, it's not that they're not like great, but all of these ones are still like. Have you been to bar mitzvahs? It's just, I mean, not to discount it. Like yeah, yeah. I get, like it, these are important cultural events mm. and like family get together and all this kind of stuff. But compared to what I think is needed, it's just a big party, isn't it? Well, that, and that's why I was, was going to say that why the reason why I said the military thing. Um, because you go on that journey from um, being at home in your tri- in the tribe with mom and all that sort of stuff. Now you and you're familiar, mm-hmm. so you get thrown into an environment that's unfamiliar. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't have the safety net of that aspect. I'm now in the community of a whole bunch of other people that. And you talk about community again. Again, one of the things from that point of view is actually you're going to die on your own. Yeah. So everything that we're doing, if you're not looking out for the person around yeah. you in that community sense, that's how you survive is the strength of, of, and Devin's just had a point where they had a little meltdown and people weren't doing that aspect and they paid the consequences of, of that experience. But it, of course it upsets all the people who are playing. <laughs> and so it makes yeah. it even harder for the person that's disrupting um, that that 
delicate balance, really, and they're all in the stressful yeah. um, kind of space. Um, but yeah, so then they go through that. That. How far into basic training is he? Um, I think they're on week number five now. Out of. Out of he's got like sixteen weeks or something. So right. He's still, he's still the beginning. Still the beginning of that oh that particular journey. Although sometimes the beginning's the hard bit because you're still resisting. Well, aren't that's you? it. Well, you still have you know what you. I could be asleep at. 12 by the time they get to 12 weeks they're going to be like I'm awake at 5 in the morning yeah. and I've got to do all these things you know they got to iron yeah. they got to, I mean they've, they've got to do you know everything and they've got to depend on each other and there's all that yeah that aspect of of this yeah. is going to be super super hard if you try and do it alone like no one will make it you'll never make it through the process if you try and do it alone if you try and be alone wolf you won't you just won't make it yeah um and so I guess I was getting to that from one of the things that, and Susan Faldy brings this up in her book again, is what is the thing yeah, right. that helps the kid at 12, 13 to move? He's got okay, all these hormones. Because he's, have... he's got all the hormones and things yeah, that are yeah. raging, so the body's Don't changing. Don't tell me about that, that man. Bit, yeah. But how do you help yeah. them to make that, that transition, yeah. that ritual? Let's do an episode. We'll read. We'll bring this book and we'll yeah. get like woman's hero's journey, heroine's journey. No, I think let's There's do a book called Heroine's Journey. Let's do and we'll do like a gender yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, because it'd be, it'll be, I'd be interested to see, as you say, I think that'd be a good one to explore because all in my head I see balance. I think yin yang and I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, think that's male, important. Female, totally. Right, that they have to be balanced. and. But I think it's funny because all of these beliefs that we hold, we don't even, until sometimes until they're challenged or until we're given another option, we don't even realize that that's a lens we've been looking through the whole time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, because there's so, also the test that you can take to tell whether you have a female brain or a male brain. And maybe I have this conversation because I do have a very female brain, at least according to right. um, this particular test. Um, but again, it's the balance thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, totally. So yeah. yeah, yeah. We we need both these things. You need them all. Yeah. Um, all okay. right. So good. Cool. Very, very four good agreements. Conversation. So we got the four agreements. It's um, a little book, but it's been a good long conversation. Don Miguel Ruiz. Uh, yeah, it's a very good book, and I mean, it goes into some other stuff that we haven't gotten into, like the path to freedom and breaking all agreements. So there's some of your how stuff in there, but again, yeah. it's a very short book. So you know, again, if you're talking about exploring the nuances of of it maybe yeah. this just awakens i just i really love yeah. reading other languages like other ways of putting what is essentially like kind of the same type of ideas but it's really nice to hear them in through the lens of different traditions because if you put yeah. all of these together you can kind of get what they're talking about i guess i think it is and i think when we talked to you mentioned the hero's journey and i think that was a large part of um the work in that was mm -hmm. looking at all these, Joseph Campbell were looking at all the, what was the common between, no matter what culture you went through, they yeah. have a very similar, totally. um, you know, that, that, yeah, and then piecing all these things together, what's the greater story of mankind, yeah. if you can take two cultures that are on the other side of the world, and they have that same journey that they go through, those same rituals and stories, and yeah, totally. I mean, they, you know, they got different names, and um, and things like that, but the basis of it is a very, it's the monomyth, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Okay, very good. So cool. we've got a lot of, we've got two more episodes that we can come and get out of, out of this, I think, yeah. in terms of topics. 
um yeah good cool